So I was sitting in my cubicle today and I realized ever since I started working, um, every single day of my life has been worse than the day before it. I love my job. You're miserable. I love my job. But I hate my job. Oh, you hate your job? Why don't you say so? No, there's a support group for that. It's called Everybody. You have a job that doesn't light you up, right? Yeah. You're going through the motions. It, it doesn't fulfill you. I got this horrible job. I hate it. I hate everything about it. I hate everybody down there. I mean, uh... I was on the road to nowhere. Do you know the road? It's a nowhere road. It goes nowhere. That's weird. I don't think my boss likes me either. I don't think mine likes me either. Maybe it's a universal thing. Do you know what I do every day? Day in and day out, what the actual physical machinations of my job are? No. Neither do I. So you hate it? Much of what I do does not make me cry. I hate my job. You see, the truth is, you guys have been complaining about work since the second I got here, just dying for an excuse to blow it off. There is no one else in this entire office that I could possibly ask to share such a horrible job. It's a horrible, horrible job. Do you have any conceivable reason for even getting up in the morning? <laughs> I like to get the daily news. Are you in a workplace that's pulling you down? A job that's draining you spiritually? Today, some practical help and encouragement. This is Bold Steps. When God really gets a hold of your life, He will start getting a hold of your work habits, your work ethic, your integrity. Because God is looking and God is my boss and therefore, because God is my boss... I need to follow what he tells me to do. Welcome to Bold Steps, another day with our teacher, Mark Job, president of Moody Bible Institute and senior pastor of New Life Community Church in Chicago. Mark, sad to say many people listening today get up every morning and dread going to work, but we've got some encouragement for them today. We do. And, and Wayne, here's the reality. So many people, in fact, they've done studies on this, and, and I think it's around 75% of people do not really engage and enjoy their job. Hmm. So there's a lot of people out there listening today that say, you know, I owe, I owe, so off to work I go, <laughs> yeah, right. but have little passion for their job. And I think if we start to gain a biblical understanding of This is not just to get a paycheck, but God has a calling in this thing that you call your job. And when it's done for him, it changes the paradigm as how we see our job. Yeah, absolutely. Well, if anyone listening would like to follow along, we're in Daniel chapter 6 today as we continue our series, God at Work, the Sacred Value of What You Do. And here's Mark Job now with today's message, Keeping Your Job Without Losing Your Soul on Bold Steps. I don't know how you feel today about your job, but once in a while I'll run into someone and they'll start talking to me about their job and they tell me, Pastor, I just feel like my job is pulling me down. I feel like I'm losing my soul at my job. The dog-eat-dog world that we live in, the attitudes that exist there, the negative competitive spirit, the jealousy that's there. It's just a negative environment. And I feel like every time I go there, sort of, I lose my spirituality. How many of you know that it's hard sometimes to be spiritual at your job? 
How many of you know that? Yeah. That it's hard to keep that good attitude when everybody else is cussing and swearing. It's hard to be nice when everybody's mean. It's hard to walk with integrity when everybody else is cutting corners and you're trying to do it the right way. It's hard to have a good attitude towards customers that sometimes are just mean-spirited and demanding. It's hard to respect your boss when he is uh, disrespectful towards employees. It's difficult sometimes to just go in there with an attitude of, God, this is my ministry and this is my calling, when it seems like it's just so tough to keep a good attitude in a bad attitude place. Uh, Some people view work as a curse and believe that work was as a result of the fall and it was a curse, which is a wrong view, by the way, because work existed before the fall and work is actually a blessing. And some people are so into their job that they view their job as an idol. Their job is their life. They live for the job. They breathe for their job. They think about their job. Everything revolves around their job. And ultimately, their job is their God. And so between your job being a curse and your job being an idol, somewhere in between, God's perspective is that your job right now is part of your calling. It's part of what God has called you to do, and therefore, if God has called you to do, it's part of your ministry. I'm a full-time minister. I go to my job, and I do this for God. How many of you have been trying to practice some of that attitude at your job? Okay. I wish I had time to get your stories because I know that you've tried to practice it, but it is hard to do that. But my goal is to commission all of you to your jobs with a new mentality saying, I'm doing this for God. And if I do it for God, I do it better than if I were doing it for my boss and I do it with a different kind of attitude. Sometimes we look at Bible characters or stories in the Bible and think they lived in a different world than we live in. We look at their lives and think, well, it must have been easy to live in those days. No cell phones, no traffic jams, seems like they pray all the time, God speaks to them out of the clouds. It's a lot harder to live today in today's world and really be a Christian, but I want you to know that some of the people that we respect in the Bible, they suffered the same type of stress-related issues that you and I face at work today. And I want to talk to you about a fellow that you're well aware of, well acquainted with if you've been around Christianity for a while. His name is Daniel. And many of you know the story of Daniel. Daniel is famous for being put in what? The lion's den. I mean, every little kid that's been to Sunday school, that's one of their favorite stories, right? Daniel and the lion's den. And so we all know the story of Daniel being put in the middle of a a lion's den and surviving a lion's den, but you may not understand and may not realize that the way that Daniel ended up in the lion's den was work-related problems. And so you may feel today like you're in the middle of a lion's den. Because your work has placed you in the middle of a lion's den. And you may feel today like, hey, 
God, please close the mouths of the lions around me because I feel like I'm about to be eaten alive. And so I want you to turn in your Bibles to Daniel chapter 6. Daniel, the sixth chapter. Some of us are in a secular, even hostile environment, but I don't think that's enough to keep a follower from, of Jesus from really doing kingdom work. Now, many of us exist between, well, we make our world into sacred and secular, but from God's perspective, there's no dichotomy between the sacred and the secular. They're all the same. If you look at the story of Daniel in Daniel chapter 6, you'll see some of the same, well, you'll see some of the things that Daniel faced. He faced the jealousy of political subordinates, the vanity of a king, the integrity of a man, the power and preservation of God, and actually some wild animals and violence all wrapped up in one story. If you look at the story of Daniel and you understand that Daniel was working, Daniel had one of the toughest jobs you could have because he was working really in a political job, in a political environment. By the way, I, I do believe that we need Christians in politics. How about it? Now, I, I would encourage you not to even think of getting into politics unless you have a strong, strong sense of integrity, even as a Christian, because I believe that one of the hardest jobs to maintain your integrity in is uh, jobs related to politics. But I do believe that we need politicians that have a moral code within their soul and strong belief in God to run for office and to engage in every aspect, both citywide, statewide, and uh, nationwide. And so if God is calling you to run for a political office, make sure it's God and make sure that you've guarded your heart and integrity because if you are easily swayed uh, to compromise your convictions and your values, then I want to challenge you, please don't run for office. Uh, stay out of politics because you'll lose your soul on the altar of the political machine. Daniel was called to serve in one of the most tense environments that someone could serve in. He was called to serve in the political environment. And in those days, they had kings and not presidents. But some of the same stuff existed that exists in our political system. Uh, Pete Hammond, who's written an article, Standing Up to Office Politics, talks about four challenges that Daniel faced. Number one, he was surrounded by co-workers who were critical of his faith. Maybe you can relate. Not every co-worker around you is happy that you're a Christian. In fact, some co-workers are going to discover you're a Christian and they're going to just pinch at it all the time. How many of you have co-workers that, oh, so did you do go to church? A little word slips out, oh, and you're a Christian? Some of you have co-workers that just love to, they love to badger you over your Christianity. 
They found out that you're a Christian and it has become their joy in life to catch you in any little thing and remind you, oh, and you're supposed to be a Christian. Some of you have coworkers like that, that your faith has become their target. Uh, Daniel had that. Uh, secondly, Daniel had coworkers who would do anything to get ahead, including lying and cheating and throwing him under the bus. Uh, some of you work in that kind of environment where you're constantly watching your back because there are people that if they could get ahead, if you prosper, they're full of envy and jealousy that you prosper. And they'll lie and cheat to try to keep you from prospering. And some of you work in that kind of environment, a dog-eat-dog world. Daniel had those kind of co-workers. Number three, Daniel was faced with morally compromising situations at work that tried to drag him in. He had his faith, but his work was trying to cause him to compromise his faith. And number four, he had trouble with his supervisors who were ready to blame him if anything went wrong. So Daniel, he existed in a work environment that many of you work in today, and he knew that stress and that temptation. And I want you to see how Daniel faced this. And I believe that Daniel made four choices that I believe that every Christian in the workplace can learn from. And if, unless you make these four choices, you too, I think, will, will be swept into compromising your faith. So I want you to write these choices down. Choice number one, Daniel chose to work at a higher standard of integrity than the rest of his culture because of his faith. And we'll get back to these four choices we can learn from Daniel and from his integrity in just a moment. You're listening to Bold Steps with Mark Job. Mark, let's take a moment and tell our listeners about the email devotion you send out every Monday morning. I'm excited because it's fun, it's informational, and it is devotional. There's a good spiritual jumpstart to the day. Yeah, we call it the Bold Stepper Weekly. It comes out every Monday morning, and we would encourage you to sign up for it. It's a way of keeping in touch with us, a devotional thought, a ministry insight. By the way, this past Monday, we highlighted that we recently celebrated the program 1000 recording yeah, right. in our studios. Woo-hoo. And that was a lot of fun. 1000. <laughs> can you believe that? I know. It's hard to believe that. So we, the whole team was mentioned. We came together actually in some historic studios uh, to do it. And it was a fun time together. Well, you can sign up for the Bold Stepper Weekly. There's no obligation, of course. It's free of charge. It comes automatically to your email inbox every Monday morning. Sign up by going to boldstepsradio.org. And by the way, Included in the Bold Stepper Weekly is the feature, the Bold Steps Minute. So check this out also when you sign up for the Bold Stepper Weekly at boldstepsradio.org. And before we get back to the message, Mark, let's give a shout out to some of our new listeners this month from Hartford, Connecticut on WIHS. They listen to Bold Steps Weekend and in Abilene, Texas, KZQQ. I love those call letters, don't you? Mm -hmm. KZQQ. And also Houston, Texas on KHCB. All new listeners to Bold Steps. So welcome. Yeah, absolutely. Great to have you join the Bold Steps family. Let's get back to Mark's message today on Bold Steps. If you look at verse 3 of Daniel chapter 6, it says, Now Daniel 
so distinguished himself among the administrators and the satraps, which was some of the governors of the land, by his exceptional qualities that the king planned to set him over the whole kingdom. The king who was not a Christian, this was pagan Babylon. Uh, He was not a follower of Jehovah, the God of Daniel, so he was a pagan. But he noticed that Daniel worked with a lot of integrity, had exceptional qualities. And and it actually drew him to, to Daniel so much so that he started promoting Daniel up the ladder of success. And he came to the point where the king was actually about to appoint Daniel as head over the whole kingdom. Verse 4, at this, the administrators and the satraps tried to find grounds to char- for charges against Daniel in the conduct of government affairs, but they were unable to do so. They could find no corruption in him because he was trustworthy and neither corrupt nor negligent. Because Daniel was a follower of God, He worked at a level of integrity that was way above what everybody else worked at. When other people were lying, he chose not to lie. When other people were cutting corners, he chose, I'm not going to cut corners. When other people were filling out their time card falsely, he was choosing to be honest about his time card. When other people were taking money from the lobbyists, he was saying, no, thank you, I don't do that. When other people were lying to these out of this mouth to please this crowd and telling other people Daniel was not doing that, he received the reputation of being someone that worked and walked with integrity. That when Daniel gave you his word, he kept his word. That if Daniel said it was true, it was true. That there was no corruption. In fact, the king decided to promote him. And have you ever noticed at your job when there's a vacancy? And it's time for promotion to come, the weirdness in the air. Well, rumor was it that the king was about to promote Daniel, and suddenly when his co-workers found out that Daniel was about to be promoted, then they launched a conspiracy, a water cooler conspiracy, to try to find something about Daniel that they could point to their boss about. Now imagine that. Imagine if right now your co-workers got together, your co-workers that have worked with you for a while, they know your ins and out, you've given them all the gossip, they've watched you work. If your co-workers decided right now that they were going to find something about your work that you broke the rules, you didn't follow through, you lied a little bit, Imagine if all of them conspired together to analyze and try to find something about your job or your integrity that was wrong. Can I ask you a question? What would they find? Seriously. Would they be able to make a list? Well, this day, they said they were sick. I saw them at Great America on their Facebook. You know, they filled out their time card that they stayed until 5 when really they left at 2. 
they said that they did this project, but really the person that did it was someone else. They just took credit for it. I mean, seriously, if, ever, if people started examining your life right now, really heavy examining your life, because they wanted to catch you, and sometimes people in politics go through that. People that are running for political office, their advisors come in, and the first conversation they have is, do you have any skeletons in the closet? Because when you run for office, all those skeletons are going to come out, people are going to start digging, and what are they going to find when they dig? Daniel's co-workers decided, we're going to try to find any dirt that we can on Daniel's life. And something rare happened in Daniel's case. The more they looked, they looked at his files, his finances, his conversations, the decisions he made. They talked to people that were under him, over him, around him. They examined, explored, got in his closet, looked in his files, talked to everybody they could. And you know what? They gathered around the water cooler again and they said, so what'd you find? Nothing. This guy is as clean as a whistle. I mean, we can't even find, I mean, he doesn't even take paper clips that don't belong to him. This guy returns the pens when he borrows them and turns them back because this guy is so squeaky clean, it makes me sick. Well, why? Well, because Daniel was not working for the king and he wasn't working for a boss, he was working for God. Daniel had decided a long time ago, what I do, I do for God. And so he was a man of integrity. His faith had driven him to start living and working and acting with absolute integrity. I'm told that there was a great revival that happened in the country of Wales, which is part of the United Kingdom, not far from Scotland. This revival, Wales was a mining company, and so many of the people there worked in very poor conditions, and most of the population worked in the coal mines. But God was doing such a revival that it was just incredible. Still, historians talk about the Welsh revival. God worked with so much power that the bars practically closed down in Wales because they had no more clients because people stopped hanging out and drinking and partying. You see, when God starts working in your life, listen to me well, when God really gets a hold of your life, listen to me people, when God really gets a hold of your life, He will start getting a hold of your work habits. He'll start getting a hold of your work ethic. Mark Job on Bold Steps. We're learning from the life of Daniel how to keep your job and not lose your soul. More on not compromising next time in part two of this message. To catch up on our current series, God at Work, stop by the website and click on past programs to hear this or any broadcast anytime, anywhere on demand. Just go to boldstepsradio.org. And when you get there, you'll see that with the start of this new month, we're offering a brand new Bold Step gift. It's a resource that comes just in time for the Christmas season, and Mark is here to tell us more about it. Christmas is coming, and for many of us, there is still a lot to get done before that big day. But in all the hustle and bustle of our holiday preparation, sometimes one thing we don't prepare 
is our heart. And that's why we want to get this Bold Steps gift into your hand right away. It's a timely book titled, Unwrapping the Names of Jesus. In this special devotional, you'll be encouraged to make the most of this Advent season with prayers and reflection for each day. You'll also find creative suggestions for activities, service projects, making this an excellent resource for the whole family. So whether you're looking to start a new tradition or just another way to spend quality time with Christ, this is one devotional you'll want to use time and time again. Don't wait. Reach out and request this Bold Step gift today. Again, it's called Unwrapping the Names of Jesus, and we'll send you a copy right away when you give a gift of any amount to support this ministry. You can make that donation today by going to boldstepsradio.org or call us, if it's easier, 844-615-7363. Again, 844-615-7363. You can also send your gift along with a request for unwrapping the names of Jesus through the mail. Our address is Bold Steps, 820 North LaSalle Boulevard, Chicago, Illinois, 60610. And as we enter this season of giving, consider becoming a bold partner by signing up to give on a monthly basis. With your steady support, we'll be able to step into the new year with firm footing and the resources we need to continue sharing these Bible-based messages across the year. And when you sign up to give $30 a month or more, you'll also get the Moody Publishers discount code of 50%, and this will get you half off every devotional, Bible study, and kids' book at the Moody Publishers website. Sign up to become a bold partner today at boldstepsradio.org or call 844-615-7363. Well, I'm Wayne Shepherd, and we'll see you tomorrow for part two of Mark's message titled, Keeping Your Job Without Losing Your Soul. It's coming up Friday on Bold Steps with Mark Joe. Bold Steps is a production of Moody Radio, a ministry of Moody Bible Institute.